Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Hemman. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel Ohio. Luke chapter 1, you there? All righty. Now, just as a heads up, I'm going to preach this next uh, few verses here in Luke chapter 1, but then I'm going to skip next week into the end of chapter 2 because, listen, Christmas is coming up, so I'm going to kind of skip the Christmas story, and then we'll come back to the Christmas story in December. So, you know, just as a heads up, that's what we're going to be doing. Now, the title of my message this morning is Keep Praying. Psalm 91 declares to us that God delights in answering the prayers of his children. And yet, if we're honest with ourselves this morning, I think sometimes we don't quite feel like that. Sometimes I I think in the dark nights and when the ceiling feels like it has brass, it feels like our prayers are just ricocheting off it's kind of hard to get our head around that because often our experience is quite confusing. It's quite perplexing and, and we strain to believe that God is not distant and inactive in our lives. I mean, anybody ever feel like that? Any Christians out there? Sure. Now, Interestingly enough, this was the experience of this very normal, very ordinary couple, and I want us to understand this. This is just a normal, ordinary couple in this day. Not Nothing peculiar about them. And in our text today, our text is verse 5 through verse 25. We're going to, to see how God moved in their life, but we're going to kind of kick it old school this morning. So if you would stand for the reading of God's Word, honor God's Word as we stand. I'm going to read through this whole passage, then we'll sit down and unpack it together, so don't be nervous. I won't make you stand the whole time. They used to do that, by the way. They'd preach like for three hours, and you would stand. So anyway, verse 5, it says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Verse 8. Now while he was serving as a priest before God when his division was on duty, According to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. For your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit 
even from his mother's womb. Verse 16. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled. In their time, verse 21, and the people were waiting for Zechariah and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Please be seated. Now take a look again with me at verse 20. It says this, And behold... You will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not, what? Believe my words. Fill this in in your notes. When it comes to God's word to us, we must believe. When it comes to God's word, the word that is in your lap, in your hand, when it comes to God's word to us, we must believe. That is, God expects us to believe Him. He fully expects us to trust who He says He is. That is to say, on the flip side, there is a danger of doubting. There is a danger to unbelief in our lives. Unbelief kept the Israelites out of the promised land and, and wandering for 40 years in the desert. It matters to God whether we choose to believe him or not. Now listen, God is merciful. <laughs> he is very, very compassionate. He is very, very kind. He meets us where we're at. And so listen, as a new believer, he will encourage you. He will forbear with you. But listen, he expects us to mature over time. And so if we know God and we've walked with God and we keep acting like toddlers, like God is not with us and he's not good and he will not be faithful to us, listen, he will discipline us. There are consequences to our unbelief, but even in that, he is gracious, he is gracious and loving. That is, listen, God doesn't abandon us when we're not following him, but, but he does 
discipline us, there is still a consequence. That is, Zachariah's prayer, listen, was answered. God still answered it. God still blessed him. But he could have lived in the meantime with a lot more joy and a lot more celebration if he would have believed what God was doing, if he would have chosen to believe. And so instead, he was mute. He was unable to speak. Now, now here's my point with that. We walk in, we fully experience God's blessing more on a day-to-day, daily grind, yeah, what I'm talking about, day-to-day experience, day-to-day basis when we choose to believe God's Word to us, when we choose to believe who He says He is and what He says He will do for us on our behalf, regardless of what we see, regardless of what we feel. We don't live by our feelings. We live by faith in the facts of who God has revealed himself to be. Now, sometimes, even when I know all that, I I have a hard time believing that <laughs> because I'm human. Because, you know, sometimes we just get tired. Sometimes we just get fatigued and, you know, this life can kind of kick you in the teeth. And so at those times, I find myself having to pray, perhaps you do as well as, as the dad who brought his demon-possessed boy before the presence of Jesus in Mark chapter 9. He said, Jesus, I believe, man, I'm, I'm believing. I'm like, hey, I believe, but you got to help me in my unbelief. You know what? That's an okay prayer. When you're seeking God's face with the faith that you have and crying out, Jesus, I believe. You got to help me in my unbelief. Now, with that said, I think if God sent a special messenger to me, an angel, Gabriel, and he showed up and he said, hey, Kurt, I I just want to tell you, your prayer has been answered. I I think I would probably think uh, this is probably going to happen. I'm not really struggling that much. Is that God? I don't know. Is he really going to say? I I think I would be okay. I'd be fairly confident. Yep, this thing's going to happen. And so what is going on here with Zechariah? Because Zechariah was a good guy. In fact, in verse 6, it says, He and his wife walked blamelessly before the Lord. That is, they were godly. They, they were living for God. They loved God. They were people of conviction and, and character. And, and so an angel comes to him and says, you know, God sent me here. I'm Gabriel. I'm an archangel. I'm from the very presence of God with a message to you to say, your prayer has been answered. And when Zechariah Here's that. He says in response, take a look with me again at verse 18. He says, And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I, what? Know this. Now that's some serious doubt. I mean, 
that is some serious, wow, I'm not sure this is going to happen. I mean, Gabriel is standing right there. It is undeniable. And so why is Zechariah struggling in his heart so much to receive what is being said to him, so much to believe what is being said? Well, the answer is this, because he had stopped praying that prayer a long time ago. Let me ask you this. Does your heart ever get really hard that you can't even receive God's promises anymore? Because the answer has been so long, because the pain of life is so acute, do you you struggle even singing the songs that we sing and not going, pfft? Do you struggle hearing God's word and thinking, oh, I, I, I just don't know how it's going to penetrate where it needs to go? Life, even though Zachariah loved God, living for God, life had hardened his heart. Life had caused him to step back and and not fully believe what God had to say to he and his wife. But, you know, if you just kind of casually read this passage, it kind of says like, hey, he and his wife went into the temple, they prayed a prayer, and it got answered. But there was a long period of time between their hopes and dreams of a family and when God finally answered that prayer in their life. Now look again at what Zechariah says there in verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is what? Advanced in years. That is, we gave up on this thing a long, long time ago, Lord. We, we, we just kind of moved on. I mean, obviously, it's humanly impossible and And so what we learn here is that God often delays His answers to our prayers. We see this throughout the Bible, not only in this story, that God often delays His answers to our prayers. So fill this in your notes. As we keep praying, we must believe and be willing to let God answer according to His time. we got to keep praying. But as we keep praying, we must believe and be willing to let God answer according to His time. That is, the place that we need to be in our hearts and minds as we pray to God is, listen, God, I'm asking because you command me to ask. You you tell me to come and to ask. And so here I am, I'm asking, I'm I'm praying in faith for you to move in my life, to move in this situation. I have full assurance that you hear and that you will move on my behalf, but I am trusting. I am trusting in your timing. That is, there is a proper time that I don't always understand, and frankly, I don't always like. It's very unnerving. At times, it's it's very confusing and perplexing and tiring. But listen, I believe, I know Him, I trust Him, I know He will answer 
when it is best. Now take a look with me at verse 13. It says this, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been what? Heard. Now in the original Greek language, the tense of that verb heard means this, it has already happened. It's already happened. Already been done. That is, remember, God is outside of time. He's not bound by time. That is to say, God hears and answers our prayers immediately. But sometimes it takes time for it to play out in our lives. He hears it. He answers it immediately. But how it plays out, sometimes it takes a while for it to manifest in the timeline of our lives. God is outside all of that. He's not bound by what we're bound to. So fill this in in your notes. God hears and answers our prayers immediately. But sometimes there's a delay in it playing out in our lives. He hears and answers immediately. But sometimes there's a delay in how it plays out in our lives. Now, seriously, that is one of the hardest things that we have to learn. I'm, I'm still trying to learn it. It's very, very difficult for me to learn. For example, as a parent, when, when my kids were younger, the biggest thing that they had a problem with was understanding the difference between no and not yet, right? When your kids are little and they're toddlers, you know, no and not yet, that's just a, a hard concept for them to get a hold of. And so, you know, to say, you know, uh, later on, you know, after soccer practice, we'll go have some ice cream. And it's like, can we go get some ice cream yet? No. And they would throw a fit like they've never had ice cream and they were never going to get it. And dad's so mean. And uh... when it just wasn't time yet. Now, listen, my kids are great kids. They were not difficult. We were very, very blessed. But when they were toddlers, they struggled with the concept of no and not yet. And well, why do kids do that? Because they're immature. They're immature. They don't understand what is involved sometimes with time. They cannot grasp that time difference. And so fill this in in your your notes. A mark of maturity as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, is how long can you wait? It's what you wanted to hear this morning, isn't it? I don't want to hear that sometimes when I'm talking to the Lord. Lord, that's not what I want to hear. Nope, 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 nope. How long can you wait? That is a mark of maturity. You want to know what a follower of Jesus Christ looks like? You want to know what a godly person looks like? A person who waits and trusts in his God, in her God, no matter what. For example, you know, babies, they want things immediately, right? They have no patience. (laughs) 
<laughs> they want it now. I want what I want now, and I don't want anybody telling me. To, I'm going to scream, and I'm going to throw a fit until I get it. I want what I want, and if I don't get it, I'm mad, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, I'm going to kick and whine. And Now, we never do that with God when he delays an answer to our prayer, do we? And Lord, and I understand, you know, you're thinking about a baby, how big is their problems? Well, in their little world, it's a big problem. And the same with us. In our little world, we, we have some big, serious problems, but even in the midst of that, God is calling us to trust him as a good father. And so ultimately, over and over again, that is why the Bible admonishes us, endure all things, be patient in all things, persevere in all things, over and over again. It is a mark of maturity. Well, why does God delay his answers to our prayer sometimes? Why why does he wait? Well, one of the reasons he waits is because it's part of his character development process in our lives. And so oftentimes God has to prepare us before he can actually bless us. And so sometimes God does not change the circumstances that we're asking him to change because he is changing us. He is growing us up in Christ. He is conforming us to the image of his son. And I will just say this, I've walked with the Lord for three decades now, and more often than not, he doesn't change the circumstance. He changes me. And that's always harder, and it's always what I don't want to do. But it always conforms me more into the man in my heart that I truly want to be. Anyone? Yeah. Now, here's kind of a frustration if you're a parent, by the way. Do your kids ever think that they're ready for, that they're old enough for whatever it is they want or they want to do before they're really ready? Anybody? You know, I'm four years old. I want an iPhone, right? (laughs) Come on. All my friends at the preschool have iPhones. It's a crazy world we live in, man. Well, ultimately, we do the same thing with our Heavenly Father. We usually think that we're ready for something when we truly are not ready yet. And so God is saying to us, you know, you you think you're ready, but you're not. You need to trust me. Not yet does not mean no. It just means I am waiting and working for the best time. And so we need to rethink our approach As we come in prayer before God, as we pray, you know, God changed this circumstance. Listen, nothing wrong with praying that. Don't don't misunderstand me. Pray that. But also in praying that, we need to pray, Lord, change me. If that's what you're looking to do, then, then change me. I am willing to submit to your sovereignty, to what you see and what you want to do over my life. I will let go of trying to determine the outcome that I want. 
For example, Lord, change me in this marriage, not just my spouse, right? Lord, make me more forgiving. Lord, make me love unconditionally. Lord, make me serve. Lord, help me to meet their needs first, whether they respond right or not. Or Lord, help me at my job to, to respond rightly, whether my boss does or the other employees do or not. Lord, help me to be a servant, even though everybody else is looking to cut corners, everybody else is looking to get out of there quicker. Help me to do the right thing, even though nobody really cares or applauds it. Lord, help me to do what is right before you, regardless of what others say or what others may do. And so listen, once we're in line, then God can release his blessing upon our lives. Now let me say this, sometimes we will not understand why God is waiting in our lives. That is sometimes, man, you have prayed, or you've confessed every sin you know how to confess. I mean, you, you've been on your face before God. You've wept before him. You have evaluated your heart. You've evaluated your motives. You've tried to look what possibly could God be teaching me in this situation. You can't figure it out. I mean, you have endured. You have chosen joy in the midst of it. You have trusted God. And it's just been a long, long, hard road, maybe decades. And yet the fact of the matter is, Christian, hear me. Regardless, the fact of the matter is God is never late. His timing is perfect. We may feel he is late, but he is always right on time. Listen, God's ways are perfect. His judgments are fair and right. He loves all perfectly. He is in full control of every situation, everything that is happening in our universe. There's not one random electron out there doing its own thing apart from God's sovereign control. Now, second, as we keep praying, then we must believe and be willing to let God answer ultimately according to his way. Fill that in. According to his way. That is ultimately, God, I believe, I'm confident you will answer. I'm confident that you will move, but I submit. Listen, I submit to the mystery of the sovereignty of your will. Did you catch that? He's God, we're not. He sees all, we do not. 
My vantage point is little, 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 no nothing. His vantage point is above, outside of all creation. He sees the beginning and the end. He is infinite. He is inexhaustible. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present. I think maybe he's got a better, better handle on it than we do. And so we submit to the sovereignty of our God, which sometimes is a mystery to us because we don't see it all. We don't know it all. And so we have to trust his heart when we can't see his way in our lives. We've got to trust who he reveals, who he is. This is our light. This is our path. This is what we look to when we cannot see and we don't know why. We submit to God's sovereign working over our lives. Now take a look with me at Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. I love these verses. God says this, for my thoughts are, are not what? <laughs> Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. That is, God's thoughts and God's ways are infinitely higher, infinitely better than ours. And so because of that, because of his vantage point, he knows what is absolutely good and best in our lives. And listen, what we think is best in this moment is not. Listen, I know that you strongly, strongly feel that it is. I get it. But if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to let go of that. You've got to let go of the control of your life and truly trust Him fully with all your life. You've got to let go of control. You've got to step off the throne of your life. You've got to quit being the boss. You've got to quit calling the shots. And you need to bow before the sovereign Lord of the universe. And when you do, you will find life. You will find everything that your heart desires. You will find a God who loves you. You will find a God who you were shaped to know and live for. Now, Zachariah and Elizabeth here did not understand why God would not answer their prayer for a child, but God did hear. God did hear, and he answered immediately, but... It took a while for it to play out in their lives because he had bigger plans. His plan for their normal baby was to, was to be John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus Christ, the last prophet of the Old Testament, the forerunner of the Messiah himself. That is, we need to let God answer in his time and in his Way. Now, I will tell you, I am so, so grateful that God has not always answered what I so desperately wanted Him to, what I so begged Him to, what I so was so, so convinced, this is what I need, God, this is what you got to do. There, there's no doubt about it. 
I'm so glad he said no or not yet because what I thought was best at 22 was not best for me. And so we keep praying and we believe and we let God answer according to his time and according to his way. And then third, there in your notes, according to his power. According to his power. That is ultimately, we have got to resist the temptation because it's there. We've got to resist the temptation to try to help God out. That is, don't pray to God, don't, don't ask God, and then go try to work it out on your own, because that's what we do. Don't, don't pray to God and then go try to work it out, try to manipulate the situation for the desired outcome that you want, and then say it's an answer to prayer. Let God answer in his might, in his power, that is, ultimately so many people I know pray and they say, you know, this is what I want. And they're so convinced that this is okay with God. This is what God wants. This is God's will. And they push it through and they manipulate it through. And God hasn't said anything or moved in any way yet. They never really heard from God. They never submitted to God. They wanted what they wanted and they put God's covering over it and God is not in it. And they end up making a bigger mess of their lives and everyone around them. Now there's an important truth that we need to highlight here in our story about Zacharias and Elizabeth and that is this. Fill this in in your notes. God often waits until the situation is humanly impossible before he answers. He often waits until it's humanly impossible before he answers. That is ultimately, when did God give Zacharias and Elizabeth a baby? When it was totally impossible, humanly speaking. It was an impossibility when God chose to answer their request. Well, why does God do that? Why does he wait until it is humanly impossible for you and me to accomplish it on our own before he chooses to answer? Why why does he do that? Bingo. To bring us closer to him and to show us his true power, that is so that he gets all the glory. Well done, church, by the way. Thanks for answering. Ultimately, the chief end of man is the glory of God. And so listen, we're, we're so, you know, we're born this way and our culture feeds it. We're, we're so thinking that it, we're so about our own happiness. We're so about our own purpose. And listen, God, God wants to bless us. He's a good dad. It's not that he doesn't care about those things. But we are so, so fixed on our own glory. We are so, so fixed on trying to achieve what we want to achieve and build our little marriage. Trying to get our piece of the American pie. and That's not our chief end. 
we got to get the horse in front of the cart. I'm not saying that any of those pursuits are necessarily bad, but they've got to be in the right priority. And the chief end of our life is to give glory to God. That is the chief cry of my heart should be ever upon my lips, God, help me to give you glory in what I say today and what I think today. Lord, help me, whatever situation I have to walk through, help me to give you glory. Help, help me to reveal who you are, your might. Help, help me to show people your greatness, your goodness in my life. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.